and it's Michelle, and she says, oh, I like the idea of moderation. I'm reading from a slip. I like the idea of moderation, but every time I turn to, say, moderating from alcohol for a weekend because I have a task to do, I always want to drink twice as much on Monday. How can I – well, the gist of it is how can she incorporate a sort of a moderation thinking lifestyle with respect to alcohol so that she doesn't double down some other time? She seems like she's over-focused on alcohol even while trying to moderate. Well, we have coaches and all of us – I mean, there was at one point there was this whole thing called moderate drinking, controlled yeah. drinking – and people developed a list of techniques for how to do that. And they exist. And we work with people. All of our coaches know. All of, let's say all of our coaches have some experience with the opposite of moderation. Yeah. And all of them, you know, have gotten beyond that. Um, so we believe it can be done. We have suggestions for it. But in a way, focusing on moderation versus abstinence misses the picture. I'm going to throw it back to you, Zach. I've heard you speak on this yourself. That it's not, that's the question isn't, should I have two drinks or three drinks or five drinks? What the essential question that we help people to come to grips with is you jump in, can you? Yeah, can you find a balance? Um, you know, you figure out what is it, what are the, this is actually one of the questions we ask. What are the sensations that I'm seeking from drinking? And what other ways besides drinking do I get those sensations? And when it comes to drinking or whatever else, how can I fulfill those sensations in a way that I'm also attending to my responsibilities in a way that I'm going to have a basically good life? So it's not so much, do I moderate? Do I have one, two, three, four, five, eight drinks? It's more like, am I building a life that is meaningful? And where does alcohol, is there a place that alcohol fits in there? If so, to what extent? And, and, Another way of describing that therapeutically is we're kind of existential therapists. I know you often work with people that way. You go, what are you pursuing in life? What is important to you? What are you attaching yourself to in life? And when that manifests itself, when you feel that in your guts, um, then you're, it's rather than espousing one moderation technique or another, oh, you know, I won't have any cookies in my house, you know, which is okay. It's not a bad idea. Or, you know, I'll only stay in the bar for 40 minutes. That's my rule, whatever, you know, rule you come up with. But those rules tend to be very personalized. We can't give people a rule like that. And they tend to be generated from people themselves when they say, you know, I don't like the things that have occurred to me. Um, I'm pursuing something more important now that requires them to be, you know, pay attention and be conscious most of the time. And, you know, that's what's going to dictate my elimination of excess, however I choose or end run around doing that. Um, so the goal, first and foremost, is to find your attachment to life and then to work your way around that. Because people have, if you ask people how they've moderated various things, it's almost like sex fantasies. They have the most bizarre ways they've done it that you would say, well, that's ridiculous. Who could come up with a method like that? And the answer is, well, the person came up with that goofy method because it's their life. And, you know, 
And one other aspect of what we do in the life process program is what happens if, you know, I've really got things mainly on track, but then I have a bad moment. And, you know, bad moments are showing that good moments exist. So for example, the thing that we think the crazy, I mean, the, the craziest drug policy in the world was the one where they wouldn't let people who had a drug conviction get a scholarship, uh, get federal money to go to college, which mm. is like, huh? We want people who used to do the, you know, encumbered by drugs to get a positive interest. Yeah. Why would you say, oh, we're not going to give you money to do something positive? And the worst thing we hate about AA is if a person hasn't drunk in six years or 10 years or 20 years, and then they have one drink, they throw them back. We discussed this in the case of, you know, famous people, they throw them back to ground zero. We say, all right, you know, maybe that wasn't a positive experience if you went too far and you yourself aren't happy about it, but let's get real. You know, you've been doing well for a week or a month or two years. You know, let's give ourselves credit. We're not, we're not giving you an escape hatch, but let's, let's add it all up. One day in 10 years is one day in 10 years. If everybody ruled their life and their definition of themselves by the worst moment they've had in the last 10 years, we'd all be suicidal. So that, that's totally the wrong way, the, focusing the uh, telescope, turning the wrong way around. So insofar as we're, we ever talk about moderation, we're not talking about it as an exercise or a strategy. We're talking about it um, as a way to say, you may have heard that you have to stop whatever your object of your addiction is in order to get better or live better. And we're just saying, let's think first principles here. Let's not put drugs or alcohol or whatever it is in some other special weird category that says you have to stop it. Just like anything else in life, food, sex, relationships. Sometimes you need to keep doing it. And the question's not, um, how do I stop? The question is, how do I incorporate this into some healthy way of living? 